Oh, that's Eric's phone. I'm John. I'm a heroin addict. Hey, All right. So me and Marco found out we were speaking about 20 minutes before the meeting. So bear with me. Um, I'm glad you're here, Sean. Um, let's see. What about the rest of us? Not yet. Not <laughs> that's pressure. Um, my sobriety date, which is not my first one, is January 2nd of 2019. Um, I had two other sobriety dates before that, but um, I don't really dwell on that because um, it's like I heard in these rooms, you know, it takes what it takes. And if to change the perspective on it, if I look back over the last five years and I say, you know, I was loaded even six months out of that, that's a fucking win in my book for the way that I lived my life for the 10 years previously, you know? So uh, we'll start from the beginning. Um, you know, I was just a wee lad. I was born. Um, no, 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 that's going to be boring. Um, I was a late bloomer. I didn't touch drugs or alcohol until like my senior year in high school. And that was just drinking. You know, I didn't want to smoke weed. It was like this big ordeal when I smoked weed for the first time my senior year. And um, I just turned into a paranoid mess when I smoked weed. So I didn't really dig it. I didn't stick around with weed. But drinking, I could get down with, you know. Um, Fast forward, you know, I got busted in a bar at 19 years old with my older brother's ID. Um, if I would have only known then that that was like the beginning because um, the shit show that ensued after that was just, uh, I got a high score at the DMV. I picked up my first DUI at 21. Um, I totaled my truck, head on into a tree. And then Looking back, like I, that was like my verification that I was everything that I was telling myself that I was. I was a failure. I didn't have anything figured out. I was a piece of shit. I was a disappointment. And then that, that way I could justify numbing out, you know, the, the pain and all of that, you know, those feelings of being the disappointment in the family and not having life figured out because those are the unrealistic expectations that I set for myself. And I used that to, that scared me away from alcohol for, I don't know, a year and a half or two. But I was introduced to, you know, Vicodin, uh, Norcos, whatever you want to call them. And that was like, that was it. That was my jam. That's where I was going to stay because I could pop two of those. I worked harder. Everybody liked me better. Um, girls liked my eyes and I had more energy and like, there's no downside to this, you know? And I remember the day that like, I felt like hell and I couldn't figure out why. And then, uh, I still got ready for work and then naturally, you know, I, did, I didn't take my first dose until I was going to work because that's the normal thing to do is get high before you go to work. And I, t I remember swallowing those, uh, those Norcos and 15 minutes later, holy shit, I feel so much better. And then it clicked. It was like, ah, oh, you're fucked, John. You're, you're either going to stay here or you can give up now. But it made more sense to me to just keep on going. Nah, doctors prescribe this can't be that bad for you, right? And man, the next five, six years is just a, a shit show. You know, I, I kept it manageable for a little bit, but uh, transitioned from, I made the jump from Norcos to 80 milligram Oxys and then I fell in love and that was like, that's where I wanted to stay. I could pile an 80 milligram Oxy up my nose with the Xanax bar in there and then who go wherever the wind blew me. And uh, most of the time it was, into a car for another DUI. Um, and so in that, in that time, you know, I, I did the lying, I did the, the stealing, the bullshitting, 
uh, burning the bridges with my family to the point um, I was working at a veterinary clinic uh, with my mom and my sister and I just lived in this constant fear of getting sick like I couldn't there's no way I could deal with it because like he just shared uh, you know I'm I am a dramatic just little bitch when it comes to <laughs> withdrawals like knew no, the world is ending you don't understand I need it I have to have it and I'll do anything I need to do to get it and I just lived 10 years of my life in constant fear of that time and I can tell you how many times I was in withdrawals and um, it got to the point to where I got busted for ordering my own doggy hydrocodone for, at the vet. Uh, the doctor found out. And, hey man, shit worked. Kept me from getting sick. Um, got busted. Uh, parents told me get the hell out. And I stayed with an, you know, I stayed with an aunt for a couple weeks and then it there I had an opportunity to leave the state and I went to the the middle of bumfuck nowhere, Oklahoma, where there's more, uh, they got more cattle than people. This will do the job, right? You know, I, um, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. I got a second DUI within that, that mix there between the first one and the oxys and everything. And uh, I had transitioned to heroin and that's when I was, that's when I got busted at the vet. I then went to go live in Oklahoma with my uncle, who's a retired cop and like, this is gonna keep me straight. And I just got there and I just, I drank more than I've ever drank in my life. Uh, it took me a matter of like less than two weeks to find the connect. The connect was, uh, you know, he sold meth who occasionally had some opiates. And so like, that was my guy. He was going to be my best friend. I just did a lot more meth in Oklahoma than I've ever done in my life. And just <laughs> shit got weird. Oklahoma, <laughs> fuck me. You know, I, I mean, it's like, I'm that crazy drug addict alcoholic because the alcohol is a lower percentage out there. So that wasn't gonna do the trick, you know? I need the strong shit, I need the California shit. And so to enhance that, I would just eat two Benadryl and half a bottle of Robitussin before I started drinking. And I couldn't figure out how I blacked out so much in Oklahoma. <laughs> it was, yeah, fucking A. Good Lord, Oklahoma's a rough, rough go. So yeah, that lasted nine months. I became best friends with, uh, the connects mom because she had a script of Roxy's. So I became best friends with her and she gave me drugs for free. But um, nine months, but I got out there and I guess my point about that story is like, I got out there, I got away from everything that I knew. I was just beyond uncomfortable. And I, I was still constantly nonstop thinking about, I don't feel right, I need to get high. And I didn't care what it was to get high, to not feel how I feel right now. So, you know, I weasel my way and I beg my way back to California and I get, you know, get my job back at the vet and I, you know, I keep it together for, you know, maybe eight months to a year. I fall right back into the same patterns. You know, I, I'm still shooting dope. My brother's calling my connects and, and cutting me off. And my brother was like my running buddy. Um, he's cutting me off behind my back and um, so I'm, tr I'm trying to stay well because I'm deathly afraid of getting sick. Uh, so we had tramadol there when there was no doggy Vicodin. So I took Tom, you know, doggy tramadol. Then I had a seizure in front of my mom and my sister at the vet. Uh, because believe it or not, you can take too much tramadol. Um, I found that out the hard way. 
And fast forward to 2016, uh, me and my brother get an apartment, and good God, uh, it just was all bad. Um, we had, uh, we had a, a quick stint with speedballs on the daily, and that shit took us, that took us down like really fast. Like within a month and a half of speedballs on the daily was dark. It, it just got really bad really fast and unaffordable. Um, when I woke up and, and, and took my get well heroin shot, like, and it didn't work, I knew like, uh-oh, this isn't good. Um, we called them Belushi's. Because Belushi died of an overdose of speed mom. Yeah. Um, we have an apartment. We decided to go for a joyride and fucked up on every downer in the book. Heroin, Xanax, Somas. And you guessed it, Johnny's going to drive. Um, <laughs> ended up in Long Beach. I sideswiped somebody. That woke us up from the nod. And then, uh, oh, fuck, where am I at? We're in Long Beach. What the fuck are we doing in Long Beach? I live in Anaheim. <laughs> fuck, bro, we got to get home. Pull up to the next light. There's a cop with somebody pulled over right here. Bam, I rear end him right in front of the cop. Can't go nowhere. <laughs> Getting locked up. They throw my brother down the street. He has no idea where it, it was just, I, I got to read the police report on that. It wasn't a good look. I mean, they told me, hold my head back, touch my nose, count to 10. You know, they're, they're, they wrote down, he's nodding off. He's snoring. He fell in the bushes five times. <laughs> Fucking A, dude, that was so bad. So that was DUI number Trace. And um, I'm kicking in I'm kicking in Long Beach jail. It's the first time I've been in jail and I'm kicking. And it was hell. It was hell. Um, I'm locked up in there and I'm calling my brother, telling him to pawn anything he can to bail me out because I got to get out, man. I, this it sucks. And that's not going to happen. And um, I find out we're getting kicked out of the apartment that we're staying at. So now I have nowhere to go when I get out. He starts talking about treatment. That's not an option for me because I don't have the money. I don't have insurance. I don't have the resources. My family doesn't have money. That just, I can't do it. You can, you have great insurance, do it, bro. Um, he picks me up. I remember we had the conversation when, I, when he picked me up from jail. Like, hey, you know, I've got five ex expired subs at the house. You know, let, just start. Don't even get high right now. Dude, let's just start the subs now for you, bro. Like. This shit's bad. We don't know what we're gonna do. Nope, I had to go home and get right. And uh, so I, I remember got right with the heroin and then I went to go put some shorts on and then I found a Xanax bar and three Somas. And I was like partying and hell yeah, this is what I live for. And my brother's like, you literally just got out of jail for this shit, like how stupid are you? And I'm like, you're a greedy fucker, you just want one of these. So I gave him one. And um, I mean, it, it, you know, I, I broke my brother out of the hospital twice. Be, you know, he just got picked up because he was like found in the alley face down OD. And I get a, a note on the door that he's in the hospital. My bright idea is I got to get him out, you know, and I, I rush to the hospital and he's pulling catheters and fucking it and IV lines out and everything. And the nurse is like, dude, we're not holding you here, bro. You can leave. We're like, okay, sure. And he closes the curtain and pulls the shit out. Let's go, bro. You can fucking arrest us. <laughs> And it's just the, the chaos, yeah. the nonstop fucking chaos. Um, so my, bro my brother goes to treatment um, in like July 2016, and I've got a kick at my parents' house, and like I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then my brother calls me up while he's in treatment. Hey, my boy's got 90 somas. Don't worry, bro. I'll come pick you up. Dun, 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 dun. John, the driver, 
to the rescue. And uh, I don't make it to the end of the day. End of the day, I uh, run up a curb into a pole. Pow, DUI number four. Back in Long Beach jail. And I was in Long Beach jail and uh, I remember listening to all these guys talk about what they were gonna do. I wasn't really kicking because I was just on the muscle relaxers and like coming down from just like getting a Red Bull. And um, listening to what all these guys were gonna do as soon as they got out of jail. And I remember just being disgusted by it. Like, really? You're gonna get out of jail and that, like, that's your plan, huh? And I'm like, God, that sounds so stupid. Is that what I sound like? And it just kind of hit me like, fuck, dude, you're looking in the mirror right now, John. And I, and I just hated it. And I got out and I had to go face, you know, mom and dad, because by then I was a 30 year old drug addict still living with his parents. And I remember had to face my mom again, brokenhearted. Obviously you don't hate jail that much because you keep going back. And you know, that still was not enough for me to stop. Um, what that was painful enough for me to do was to pick up the phone and, and ask for help. Um, and what that looked like was I uh, calling a stranger calling the first place on Google that came up and they said, I can't help you, but call this person. And they were able to get me into a treatment center. Um, you know, regardless of how it happened in hindsight, that, that's nothing but a, a God shot. You know, that's a higher power moment because that was not in the cards for me. I'm a fixer. I think when I fuck something up, John has to go back and fix everything. Well, this just happened and it landed in my lap. Hey, you can do this. This is an opportunity for you. Being that I had no other options, I went. And when I got there, it was, you know, the same thing I think that we've all heard is go to meetings, get a sponsor, do these steps. And I heard this over and over and over. And then what that became to me was like, wow, man, this cult is really stupid. They're going to come read this God shit on the wall. Oh, never going to do drugs again. I'll take that bet. I'll prove you fuckers wrong. I'm going to go ahead do these steps and then at the end I'm gonna get high again because I know I just did a couple things wrong I just gotta not drive you know I kind of got an issue with getting loaded and driving so I'll figure it out you know and that was my that was my attitude towards jumping into the steps I picked up my first sponsor was a guy from the East Coast I had no I couldn't tell you anything that I had common with in in common with him but he was a guy that showed up to meetings that people seemed to like he had a smile on his face and he seemed to like himself and i had no idea what that felt like i hated myself when i was in the middle of all of that chaos and all of that just that pain i hated who i was i hated how i felt but i didn't know how i didn't know how to not feel that way the only way i knew how to not feel better was to put something into my system and so I got into the work and I was in treatment and, you know, kind of half-assing it. And I remember about, you know, the third step when this God starts coming up. I didn't, you know, I didn't really have anything against God, but I didn't really have like a God either. And some things just happened. It didn't even happen in my life. It happened for my parents. And I was like, okay, I can get behind the idea that, you know, there's something out there working that's not me. So I can get behind that. And then I just kind of, I just went through the steps, man. I just followed what this guy told me to do and life seemed to get better, you know? And I wasn't as, you know, I wasn't as angry and I didn't hate the person I saw in the mirror every single day. And life got lighter. 
I don't know how to explain it, but you get lighter. It's like there's a load off of your back. You know, and this was with charges pending for DUIs three and four. I had no idea if I'm getting charged with a felony. I have no idea. And it was just kind of, you know, and it was broken down to me to just do what is in front of you. And the rest kind of falls in place. My sponsor tells me your world is on fire. Your house is on fire. And in this program, they tell you go paint the fence. What? That's crazy. I got to put the fire out. But when you go paint the fence, somehow shit just miraculously, it just happens. It's unexplainable. And I've had those moments in sobriety. I've had those. Um, I, I went to court for those, for the one charge, uh, which should have been a felony because I had, you know, pending, I already had previous DUIs. So if they're, you're in an accident or you hurt somebody, they try, they throw the book at you. But I, I got a, a very light, sentence from uh from that because because of what i was doing um i took my completion letter to court of treatment i took in you know letters from anybody and everybody that i could my sponsor my fellowship i got involved with ha not really because i wanted to but my sponsor my sponsor was at those meetings and when it was time for a commitment john didn't get to volunteer my sponsor raised his hand and said john will do it and I didn't, I, I, okay, yes, fine. If that's what you want me to do, then I'll do it. And it's, it was just a lot of that, you know, because what I think I want to do nine times out of 10 is not the move. The, my, the first thought and the first move for me is stupid, you know? And these were the things that I was starting to see. I, I was starting to realize and then, you know, the family wanted me around. They invited me home for Thanksgiving and Christmas and these things. Um, I went to jail. I went to L.A. County Jail um, in sobriety for that DUI. And, you know, it, was it fun? You know, no, it sucked. I, I've dealt with my first year of sobriety was insane with the amount of family deaths that I had that were not drug related, alcohol related. I mean, it was just like natural causes or freak accidents. And I mean, I don't know about you, but when an event like that happens in my life, it's a reason to use. Not that I needed a reason. I mean, if I woke up, it was like, there's a reason to use. <laughs> but if something went wrong, then I could play the woe is me, poor me. You would, you would do it if you were in my shoes because my life sucks. And I didn't, I wasn't having, I wasn't thinking like that anymore. And I, and I walked through some stuff in my first year of sobriety that I never in my life thought I would be able to walk through. And now fast forward to just this past year, this past year has beaten, has beaten me to a pulp. Um, my father died in July, which um, I, I was around to support my mom to help her with what needed to be done. My brother was in this, uh, uh, some crazy freak accident at work um, and had brain, open brain surgery, a craniotomy, nine plates in his face. Um, we were expecting a vegetable, if not death, through this thing. Um, I walked through that um, on top of losing a couple of jobs within this whole, this whole past year, I think was a little bit funky for everybody with this whole pandemic thing. And like, I, you know, I didn't do those things. I can't do those things. It's proven in my past that I don't get through those things by myself. I cannot. I've tried in the past 
and it's, it, I get loaded every time. And because I've had some experience with getting through some of these hard times, it was just, it was simply, okay, what are we doing today? You know, there was a period of time where I thought I, where I thought I was entitled and strong enough that I could be mad at my higher power, that I could be mad at God. Screw him. Why would he do this to me? Getting back into that, that kind of, that thinking. And in hindsight, and, and what comes with it is I had these people around me that were able to point things out like, is, yeah, man, it's tough, dude. You know, this is life. Life happens. But look at these other things that are kind of happening around you. These are things that, that are good, that are, that are holding you up. You have this support system that you wouldn't have, put, you wouldn't have been in before. And so it, it just, it changes everything. But most importantly, what going through these steps and, and getting involved in the program did for me was it flipped my perspective on things. Um, I, can, I can try to see things from your point of view. I want to come from a place of understanding. I don't want to have an opinion on something that I have not experienced. And for me, for the selfish, manipulative, lying, conniving person that I have been in the past, it, that it's not that is not like you know my go-to. That's not my first reaction or thought. But it comes up a lot more today than it ever has in my life, and I don't have any other expl explanation than the things that I've done different over the past couple years has been revolved around like what this program has to offer. Um, getting involved with the fellowship, um, the people, finding the higher power, whatever it is. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer as long as it's not you. You know, um, and life, life gets okay. You know, I've walked through these crazy things. I, I had a, a hip replacement um, with IV dilated in, in recovery. I have to have the other hip replaced like soon. And it's gonna be the same thing. And, and what I could tell you from that experience was going home with pain meds and taking those for even a week and a half. After the week and a half that just all of those old thoughts started creeping in. You're sick. Uh-oh, you sneezed one time. Uh-oh, you, you, uh-oh, you yawned. You, you know, this is it. You're sick. Oh, you're gonna shake yourself soon. And it's, and it, that's insane. That is insane. That's not, I feel like that's not how a normal brain works. And, um, and, and to, and to kind of get through that, man, I mean, it was, a dark place and it was like a good thing that I was literally immobile because I couldn't get up to do dumb shit. And you know, I, that's when I had people come to my house to have a meeting with me who would come talk to me, who, who cared for me in this. Um, you know, it wasn't my family who was in the hospital when these things happened. It was the people from the program who showed up. Um, it was the people from the program who took me to court. It was the people from the program who drove me to LA to try to get my driver's license back. Um, it was all people from the program who showed up to do these things that are a pain in the ass to get from San Clemente to Long Beach by 9 a.m. every Saturday for two years for a DUI class. Like, I don't think my family would do that for me. And because somebody had been in a similar position and was told to be of service, was willing to do that for me. And so for me to not be willing to do that to somebody else is, is selfish and self-centered which the book tells me is my problem to my core. So naturally the things that I wanna do 
are going to be wrong and I most like I more than likely should be doing the opposite. I have people in my life that I can bounce things off of. I have my family in my life that genuinely gives a shit and actually comes to me for advice and for support, which is a foreign concept to me. Um, you know, I can't, I can't say I have everything that I want, um, but I have everything that I need. And right now I'm okay because I'm right here. Now in 10 minutes or an hour, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it's gonna be like. I have an idea, but I don't know. So I'll deal with it when it comes. And if I can stay in a place of, of being present right here, right now, then the rest of the shit doesn't matter. And, and, and it's just that simple. What is the next indicated step? Um, it's a pretty, it's a very, very basic, simple program. But if you're anything like me, I'm gonna try to complicate it. I'm gonna try to outsmart it. I'm gonna overthink it. I'm gonna find an angle and I'm gonna do things different just to prove you wrong because I always gotta be right. And, and, and it's just so basic and so simple. It's, I didn't say it was easy, but what I can tell you is nobody out there really, you know, doesn't give a shit that you get sober. Nothing is going to change out there because you got sober. The only thing that changes is your perspective and your reaction to what's happening out there. And until something changes inside, then it's everything else stays shitty. I can't feel something, feel something interior with something exterior like it just doesn't work the car the girl the the dog the house it, it just doesn't work and, and i'll hear time and time and time again of those things failing and at the end of the day i mean my solution is when when i'm down and out it's between me and my higher power i'm lazy so i call it god and a, a prayer doesn't have to be get on my knees a, you know, a light a candle and bow down or anything like that. I mean, it's just simple shit. Just driving in the car. God, hey, you got me today? Uh, I hope so. If not, you're a dick, but I get you because that's my higher power. He kind of fucks with me like that. Um, you know, I, I remember coming in. I didn't want to be here, but I didn't really, I didn't really have any other options. Um, so I had no idea what I was doing and this, it was a cult. It was uncomfortable sitting up here speaking. I can feel my cheeks blazing red right now. Um, these are the things that, you know, I can say I get to do, you know, I remember sitting in the seat at, at 30 days sober and listening to someone speak thinking, good God, I would never do that. Sit in front of a bunch of weirdos and telling them for what, like I'm fucked up, but not that fucked up. And, um, I don't know, man. Life's okay today. Life is all right. And the biggest thing is uh, the, the perception change. Like I said, I don't hate the guy that I see in the mirror every single day. And I have, I actually have some solution in my life to where when I am presented with these problems that I can get through them without jamming something into my arm, up my nose, down my throat. And in order to keep that, there's just a couple things that I got to do on a daily basis. And, and it's broken down really simple. So, I mean, if you don't want to be here, I get it. Um, it's, it doesn't get any better out there. I tried it. Um, I've talked to many people who keep going back out there. And, and it's just, they're not going anywhere. So, like I said, my, my outlook on it was, let me give this a shot because I haven't tried it. And then I'll form my own opinion that you're wrong. And now I'm better than you. But um, that's just... That's just not how it worked out, you know. Um, that's what I had to tell myself to get to get into it and to get through it. So, 
Um, my name is John. I'm a heroin addict. Thank you guys for listening to my bullshit.